0: everyone welcome back to finding a book podcast I'm your host Tav and today before we get into our new book I just wanted to give you an update on my to be read list that I talked about in episode 58 and I can't believe it's already been like over a month I think I did it at the end of December and it's just time has flown by and so I wanted to give you an update on the ones that I have read the ones that I haven't Um, And then we'll go from there. So the first one that we did talk about is A Kingdom of Blood and Betrayal by Holly Renee. And I did read that one. I haven't decided if I want to do an episode on those two books because there's only two books out. I really really did like them and I know during that episode I was so ecstatic to read the second book which it was still really good but my sister read it as well she said that she couldn't finish it because it was too spicy and maybe I just didn't realize that it was so spicy because I was just so into the book but now looking back on it it was quite spicy And I think that it definitely could have been one book, like the first and second book could have been in one book, but I still really, really enjoyed it. And I do recommend that. The next one is What Lies Beyond the Veil, which I did read that and we did do an episode on that, which loved it. I haven't read the second book yet. Uh, The next one is The Do-Over by Sharon Peterson, which I did read that and that was really good. And that one was actually kind of surprising, like how good it was. Uh, I haven't read Greed by Eva Charles, and let's see, Reign of Night, I don't think I've read that one as well. I haven't read Glow by Raven Kennedy, and I haven't read Court of Shadows by C.N. Crawford, I don't think. And then for the books that I read recently, um, I I probably won't do an episode on these, that's why I'm kind of mentioning them. Um, So I read Sincerely Up Yours by Penelope Bloom. It was okay. It was kind of frustrating, to be honest. I was talking to the husband about this. It was frustrating because the storyline seemed really good, but it it was the perfect case to show why I don't like a dual point of view because once I felt like it went to his point of view, like the male's point of view, it was so sexual. And maybe that, I'm sure that's how their mind, like, works, but it was just really frustrating because it didn't really progress the story, and then it kind of seemed like her point of view was really sexual, and there wasn't a lot to the storyline, like, it didn't progress very much. There wasn't a lot of, like, I don't know, there wasn't a lot of lot to the story, it just was and then they weren't together and then it was sexual and it just I don't know. It was okay. I don't think I would really recommend it to anyone. So, it was just it was just kind of frustrating. Um the next one I actually am going to do a podcast episode on it because I actually did really like it. It's called Go Fake Yourself by L Maxwell. That one was really good. Um, I read The Broken Elf King by Leah Stone. That one goes along with The Dragon King. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I did an episode on that. Um, but that goes along with it. I wouldn't really recommend. Like, they're just really short books, and they're not that spicy, surprisingly. I'm just not super into that world still. So, as we talked about the the books by Holly Renee, A Kingdom of Stars and Shadows... And then A Kingdom of Blood and Betrayal, I did like those. Let's see, I reread Dear Erin by Mariana Zapata, which she she is my favorite author, just absolute favorite. So I reread that currently. And then, let's see, I want to read Fate of Wrath and Flame by K.A. Tucker. And I just finished this book today. Like, I read during my lunch period because I just became so so obsessed with it. It's called A Dawn of Onks by Kate Golden and I started reading it yesterday actually and I finished today. It is so good. It's giving me Relentless Vibes by Karen Lynch and if you haven't read that series oh my gosh drop everything and read that series. It's a very hidden book series that I never see talked about but it is absolutely amazing 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 so freaking good so it gives me a little bit of those vibes and also a court of thorn and roses and then there's another series I should have looked it up but it's always so hard to find and I don't know why I haven't read the book or haven't bought the books um but it gives me those vibes as well with like dragons and fae and it's just It was so surprisingly good. Yes, of course, there's only one book that has been released, and the second one hasn't been released, and I don't know when it will be. So take that into account. Loved it. And I haven't said that about book in a long time, where I just, I'm obsessed with it. I'm going to recommend it to literally everyone. It was so good. I loved it. (laughs) So once again, A Dawn of Onks by Kate Golden. Seriously, so good. Um, I'm trying to think. I really want to read Accidentally Amy by Lynn Painter. That one looks super cute. That gives you kind of an idea of the ones that I have read, the ones that I still need to read, and the ones that are coming up. And I just, I don't know, I might read them in the next couple of weeks. We'll see. So, today's episode, we are going back to Colleen Hoover, which. I believe it was November that we did the month of Colleen Hoover. So this is one that kind of I wasn't interested in really, at least like the synopsis or summary on that you can read before a book. I wasn't that interested in it. And so it's taken me a while. And finally, my friend was like, you have to read this. Like, please read it. It's so good. And so I was like, okay, like I can probably do an episode on it. If I liked it, we'll see from there. And surprisingly, I did like it. Was it frustrating? Absolutely. But I did actually like it. So this is Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover. And as far as levels of spice, um, and this sounds weird, there's a little bit of spice, like some situations. Um, it's not until a lot later. And it's not super descriptive. So I would, give it like a 2.5 maybe a 2 just depends on what chapter you're in but nothing is like oh my god like why would she put that in a book no Colleen Hoover's not like that anyways um it was just it was tactfully done and th- she knows the right amount of like sexual tension in a book and when to like have them have a spicy scene like she's very good at that like that's one of the things that I like about Colleen Hoover. She just, I don't know, she just gets it. Like, she writes the story and just puts things at the perfect timing. I don't know. She's, she's a wizard at this. Also, did you see that um, It Ends With Us is getting picked up for a movie and that Blake Lively is going to be uh, Lily? Like, I don't know how to feel about that. I really don't. I like Blake Lively for like certain movies, but for this, I don't know. I feel like they should have went with like a a different actress, but we'll see. I'm excited. It gets her talent and we'll see how it goes. So Um, as for the mother sister standard, I could see them both reading it, but I don't think either one of them would like it. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you want to recommend it to your mom or your sister or your friends, like, yeah, I think it's a good recommendation, but as for mine, I, I just don't think that they would enjoy it. So, um, as we get into the book, um, we are going to be talking about Kenna and Ledger, which Kenna is our main female character and Ledger is our main male character, And it opens up with Kenna telling us that she is 26 years old and she just got out of prison. She was in prison for about five years. And also within these first couple chapters, we learn that she's a mother and that she writes letters to this Scotty guy who was her boyfriend. So we don't know a lot yet. It then goes to Ledger, which this is a dual point of view. Uh, I'm not mad about that, but I kind of do like how Colleen Hoover goes back and forth. Like her different books either have like the individual point of view or has dual point of view. Like it goes back and forth. I do enjoy that she changes it up a little bit. So Ledger, he used to be in the NFL. He owns a bar now in their small town and he is working one night when Kenna walks in and he is immediately smitten by her. He's intrigued, he wants to know her story, he wants to know why she's sitting by herself. He wants to know why she is ordering a coffee at a bar. He wants to know why she is only drinking a soda as well. Like he just wants to know who she is. He is intrigued. He he thinks she's attractive and So, throughout the night, he just kind of keeps an eye on her. And when she finally leaves, um, he chases after her, like, outside into the street. And he's like, hey. And she's like, uh, I put the money on the bar. And he's like, I know. And then she's like, well, what then? And he just says nothing. And they just kind of, like, stare at each other. But he just feels this, like, connection with her already. That he's like, come back around 11. And she, like, walks off, and he goes back inside. So then it goes to Kenna, and she's like, I don't know why I'm going back. So she's, like, walking back to the bar at 11. She doesn't know why. She feels the connection as well. And so she's like, you know what? Like, even if it's just, like, a little makeout, I've been in prison for five years. Like, uh, I mean, I need a little something. So she goes back. And she waits for the bar to close. They sit by each other and they're kind of like awkward. But then they like make out and she like gets on his lap or whatever. They make out and then she asks his name and he says his name is Ledger. And something like sparks in the back of her head. And as they're kissing, she's like, oh, I know who he is. He's Scotty's best friend that she never met, which Scotty was her boyfriend before she went to prison. And he asks her name and she just makes, I mean, she doesn't make it up. It's her middle name, but she says Nicole. And then she walks out and he's like, wait, where are you going? She just keeps walking and he like picks her up with his truck and he's like, hey, let me take you to your house. Uh, But she doesn't let him go inside. She's like, we, we need to stop basically like I am new in town. I, I don't want this. Um, So he's left like wanting basically is like who's this girl like her she says sh- her name is Nicole I don't know her story like I need to get to know her she only knew Scotty in this town um she had a bad relationship with her mom growing up she was taken multiple times into foster care and her mom got her back um but she basically like her mom had the attitude of like you need to thank me for getting you back and just a really bad relationship. So she, once she turned eighteen, she moved out and went place to place um, until she came to this little town when she was twenty-one, and she got a job at like the dollar store, and that's where she met Scotty, um, which they fell in love pretty quickly, and they were together for six months before the accident. We don't know what the accident was. We don't know what happened. We don't know why she was in prison. A lot of, like, suspense, kind of, but you can kind of put pieces together. And then it goes back to Ledger, and he has lived across the road from Scotty's parents um, for a while now, for about seven years. And then we learn about DM. Um, she was eight months old when Ledger moved across the street from Scotty's parents. And DM is Scotty and Kenna's baby, like their daughter. So once... Kenna went to prison. She was pregnant when she went to prison. And she had the baby. The baby went to Scotty's parents. And um, Ledger helped them take care of DM. And she, I think, is like five years old now. And so she's like learning. And she's growing. And she's getting curious about things. And this is where we start to learn more as well. um, That Kenna came back to this town... Because she wants to see her daughter. She's never seen her daughter before. Like she birthed her. and But she because she was a preemie. She had to go to the NICU. Kenna wasn't able to spend any time with her. Um, so she just wants to see her. That's it. Like she, she might see if she could meet her. She just literally wants to see her. Um, and she's going through a lot as well. Um, because this is where we find out about the accident. She just has a lot of guilt. And she's had to work through that in, like, prison therapy. She's saying, like, imagine being told... She's trying to think of, like, what their point of view, like, the parents' point of view of her is. And she's saying, like, imagine being told she left him there, fled, they said. Imagine being told they found her the next day in her bed, hung over, covered in mud and gravel, and your kind son's blood. Imagine being told your perfect son had a perfect pulse and might have lived a perfect life... If only he could have had that wreck with a perfect girl. So she has gone through a lot of guilt and we'll go over exactly what happened in the accident because you kind of don't really learn that until the very end of the book. But she gets up the courage to go and see them. She really wants to see her daughter. She really wants to create that relationship with them. Um, She was able to get a job at a grocery store. So she's like, I I feel ready. And Scotty's parents were aware that she was released. Um, They have sole rights to DM. They've kind of been expecting her to show up into town, but they just didn't know when. So she shows up at their door and she is walking towards the door when ledger actually sees her and he's like wait that's that's nicole from the bar wait why is she there and he is looking more at her and he he puts two and two together that she is dm's mother and so he like runs over to her picks her up she's like yelling puts her in his truck and like takes her home and says like do not come here again we'll call the cops like she's out of your life like please please don't like mess things up and he's like your name obviously isn't Nicole and yeah he puts everything together he is on Scotty's side he thinks she's a murderer uh, so he goes to his friend Roman who works in the bar with him and just basically venting in everything and, and calls her a murderer and Roman's like whoa 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 like she's responsible for the accidental death of someone she was in love with. Like, if that's not hard enough, like, she went to prison for it and was forced to give up her own child. Like, he's making Ledger see, like, her side. Like, she finally shows up hoping to meet her daughter. Then you prevent her and tell her basically to F off. Like, what do you think she is feeling? And he is feeling so guilty he's like i don't know what headspace she's in i don't know the courage that she did build up to go and try and see her daughter so he goes and stops by her house to check on her he spends a little bit more time with her gets to know her they start to see each other around town a little bit more He can start to see, like, DM's personality, it makes more sense now because she's so, like, wild and creative and imaginative, and I guess Scotty was not like that. He's starting to, like, internalize, have these big conversations in his head, like, what if they were just looking for someone to blame because they were all hurting so much, which is fair. Um, And he says, like, it never occurred to me that Kenna might also be hurting just as much as they were which is also a fair point because she loved Scotty he was the only one he knew there like six months they were still in like that honeymoon relationship just obsessed with each other and they had a child Mm -hmm. and like she wants to get to know her daughter she didn't get a a chance like the person that she loved died and she knows that she's at fault like that's that's really heavy So she, yes, did get the job at the grocery store, and part of the job is, like, bagging, like, the groceries and then helping the customers take their groceries out. So Ledger gets to the grocery store, and he sees that Grace and DM are pulling up, and he also, like, looks over, and he's like, oh, no, Kenna's working today, and she's coming out helping a customer with her bags, and so he looks at Kenna. She looks at him. He looks over to Grace, which Grace is Scotty's mom. With DM, Kenna starts, like, running towards her, like, wait, like, let me, let me see her. Like, please let me see her. And he tells Grace to, like, go. So she, like, drives off with DM. And Kenna just has a meltdown. Like, she just wants to see her daughter. So he takes her home, helps her calm down. And they find out the next day that the parents, like Scotty's parents, are going to be putting a restraining order on her. Like, they're very worried for their safety. They're worried for DM. Like, they don't want Kenna anywhere near them. And so he goes to comfort her um, because it's kind of a big shock to him. He's starting to have feelings for her. See that she actually is a very, very, like, decent, nice person. So he tells her that he feels like he's betraying like the most important people in his life. Like if Patrick and Grace knew that he was there, like he decides also to show Kenna videos of DM because he's been there her whole life. And so he's like, it's time for her to at least see videos and pictures. And so that's why he does feel so guilty um, about it with like Patrick and Grace because they would be like, really upset to know that he was there showing her all of this stuff but Kenna just cries she just cries and she just looks so happy and it just so content with seeing these pictures that he's like no this was the right choice and then he feels comfortable to start asking her questions and he asks like did you know you were pregnant um, like before Scotty died and she says no um, I never would have pled guilty if I knew I was pregnant with her. And so he asks, like, why did you plead guilty? She says, I wasn't in a good headspace. So Ledger offers her a part-time job at his bar, and they start to just spend more time together and grow more feelings, even though he's like really trying not to. He feels like it's not appropriate. Um, Because Scotty was his best friend and also the situation with DM and Scotty's parents. But it's hard for him. Like, they get along really well. And he just starts to like her more and more. And so eventually, uh, he asks her about the journal entry of the night that Scotty died. Because she, she wrote to him almost every day she was in prison. She's still, like, writing these letters to him and they're basically just like a journal entry and so he had asked her if she had wrote about what happened that night and so he then asks her to tell him and basically what happened is that her and scotty went to his friend's party he needed like they said that they wanted him to make an appearance so he did um but they didn't stay there long because they just wanted to be together so they took a 12 pack of beer and their favorite place was at the lake. So they went to the lake. They drank the beer. They also took an edible. So they were, they were high. They were drunk. They were having the best time. And then they decided that they wanted pancakes. And, and when you're high, like, you just want food. Like, you want that food now. You don't care how you get it, basically. Like, you just want that food. And so they just felt invincible And they usually don't drink and drive. Like, that's what she was saying, like, in this journal entry. Like, I know we don't usually do this, but we felt invincible. So so she was driving. Um, She kind of, like, zoned out, and he, like, told her, like, hey, you're going really fast, and there was some gravel, and so she slammed on the brakes and rolled the car. And so she woke up. um, She was waiting for him to say something to her, but he wasn't saying anything, so she was looking around the car for their phones, And she like leaned over and like felt him and he was cold and she couldn't feel a pulse or anything. Um, And then she said that she panicked. Like that's the only way to describe what happened to her is what she's saying. Uh, She couldn't find their phones, started running towards the highway. The further she got, the more confused she grew. So eventually she made it back to her house, but she doesn't remember that. And she fell asleep. She was just, she was very confused Didn't know what was happening, obviously not in the right mindset. And so when the police came to get her that next morning, they told her that he was still alive. Like if she would have called for help, he was still alive. Like in this accident, his arm was really crushed and mangled during the wreck. And that's what cut the blood flow um, off from his arm. So when she touched him, she thought he was dead. But despite all of that, I guess he woke up and was able to get out of the car and tried to get help and like crawled away from the car. But then he died. She just needed to get help. But of course, she was so confused. Like she didn't know what was happening. And yeah, they found her the next morning in her bed hearing this side of the story ledger is more compassionate towards her and understands more like she was just she was scared she wasn't in the mindset and she felt guilty and that's why she pled guilty like she literally was in such a deep depression she didn't know what was happening and she said earlier in the book like if she had known that she was pregnant then uh, she wouldn't have pled guilty because she would want to be there for her child. And um, from there, having that openness, her and Ledger start a relationship, but they don't know how to tell Scotty's parents because they still hate her. They still have the restraining order against her. And so they've just been really careful, like Ledger and Kenna have been really careful. Um, but a couple weeks later, Ledger goes over to their house to grace and patrick's house and patrick meets him at the door and is really angry and he says that he saw ledger's truck at kenna's place and he like punches him and he talks about betrayal and just is super upset and so ledger goes to kenna kind of tells her what happened and she freaks out she's like i didn't want this i just want what's best for dm like she wants to move away um, she tells him like we we can't be in a relationship like the only thing you can do at this point is to go over there and apologize to them like my daughter needs you and as much as it hurts, if they can't move p- if they can't move past what I did to them, it isn't your job to repair or mend what's broken inside of them. It's your job to support them and you can't do that with me in your life And so she is just basically pushing him away saying, Go be with my daughter. I trust you. I trust them. They've raised her really well. I'm just going to back away. Like, I don't want this at all. Like, I don't want the contention. Nothing like this. Obviously, they still need more time. I'm just taking myself out of this. And so from there, I think it was the next day, honestly, uh, Ledger goes to Grace and Patrick and makes them sit down, and he explains everything to them. He, like, just talks to them straight up, says like what Kenna has told him and about like the journal entries he just tells them everything and is just really straight up and and honest and says like you know what she is grieving she was grieving just as much as you it was your son but she was in love with him like just very straightforward with them I don't know if it was that night or what the timeline was but Grace shows up to Kenna's apartment with ledger and she hugs her she just hugs and they cry and she's like do you want to meet your daughter obviously kenna's like distraught like she's so happy so grace is like i'm making lasagna tonight come over you can meet her um so she's like okay so she goes over that night and she's still very hesitant of course like this was a very sudden change and she just breaks down in grace's arms again and just says she's so sorry and and grace is like you know what we go forward. That's it. I forgive you. You forgive me. And we go forward together and give that little girl the best life we can give her. Uh, because they were they were such good grandparents. Like they raised her and just they're such good people. I honestly like this happened at the very end of the book. And I honestly didn't know how the book would end. I really didn't because throughout the book, um, it's just portrayed that these two people just want nothing to do with her and I didn't know how they would change their mind I didn't know if something would happen nothing but it really was just like a flip of a switch where Grace was like you know what you were grieving we're grieving like we can grieve together like let's do this and I thought that was really interesting like I I applaud her and But also I wanted there to be like kind of a bigger switch. You know what I'm saying? I do appreciate Colin Hoover because she does have really deep like thoughts in these books. And I've said that from the very beginning through every book. I was like, oh, man, that's a deep thought. Like, oh, that's a really good quote. Like she really does make you think so deep about this. And this was like the last part. She said, maybe it doesn't matter whether something is a coincidence or a sign. Maybe the best way to cope with the loss of the people we love is to find them in as many places and things as we possibly can. And in the off chance that the people we lose are still somehow able to hear us, maybe we should never stop talking to them. I loved that. Loved that. Loss is hard. Loss is hard. And I just loved how she said, find them in the little things. They're always there. Yeah, just her books. They are just so, I love them. And sure, some of them are overhyped, but I think they're hyped for a reason. Because they become so relatable and you can just feel them. I know that sounds silly, but Colleen Hoover's books give me a good feeling. And that's why I enjoy reading them. And I guess I should never doubt these books because I have been pushing this one off for a while. It just didn't seem interesting like oh she goes to jail she doesn't get to see her kid like blah 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 but it just worked out so well and I enjoyed it. So that was Reminders of Him by Colleen Hoover. It's uh February already? Ugh that's gross right? (laughs) anyways so so grateful for you guys I'm starting to be on Twitter more and it's just find me in a book podcast but definitely follow me on Twitter definitely follow me on Instagram and yeah we're just uh we're just plugging along so anyways grateful for you guys and I'll talk to you later